We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, that grass isn't going to cut itself. I'll be outside. Wait, you're mowing the lawn in that? What? In your one-piece riding leathers? Yeah. Because you might fall off the push mower? Hmm, you're right. I should probably wear my helmet too. Not what I meant. It's hard to be without your bike. So do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. This is... This is... This is... This is... This is... With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have Heat Twitter. Well, not Heat Twitter president. I thought Alf is not on today. I've just been so used to saying his name first. <laughs> we have Heat Beat producer and co founder, Mr. Brian Goins. How are you, sir? How are you doing today? Well, I, I'm, I'm off my game. It's, it's Tuesday. It's been a long day. We have um, uh, Harry, Harrison Citron. Like, I'm shook now. I don't even know who's who. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, he- I'm here. Hi, Harry. We miss we miss you, Alf. Yeah, we miss you, Alf. Uh, and we have Israel Gutierrez on with us today uh, to start the show. How are you, sir? Thank you for coming on the program. What's up, fellas? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good to hear from you. We also have Barry Jackson coming up later. So we have two guests today. Look at that. We're moving Hello. up in the world. Look at that. We have Barry Jackson with the, of the Miami Herald. about to say Palm Beach Post because I am so shook. Um, today was a great day for Miami Sports Radio because – a lot of content was produced for us today in the form of a Dion Waiters Players Tribune story. And, um, Brian, who was the writer? Wright Thompson? Yeah, Wright Thompson. ESPN uh, did his Pat Riley manifesto. Uh, Izzy, which do you want to talk about first? Let's start with Dion Waiters. Okay, that was like one of the – Dion Waiters has seen things. And, like, we're joking and we've made Dion Waiters into a meme – 
But like Dion has seen things. Izzy, like what was what was the part of the story that stuck out to you the most? You know, just the approach, first of all, like the way he told the story, it was fantastic. Um, basically talking about, you know, <laughs> Pat Riley and the OG and how he went into his office and this is the story I told. And I mean, it's really interesting to, to see a guy um, sort of come into his own and then hear the story and sort of match, you know, the effort put in or match the reaction to people uh, before and after, you know, and Dion for, you know, I guess the best part about it was the feeling that he must feel when, you know, <laughs> people sort of realize that he's a really good player and all the jokes and all the gifts and everything else uh, is, you know, they're gone by the wayside. It's almost like if, if JaVale McGee made an all-star team, right? <laughs> Since he got mocked for so long and then all of a sudden he's really, really good. But right now, Dion Lears is sort of preening a little bit. And that article showed some of it, and it was great. Like, it was great, and he deserves to because, you know, like he said, he's been through some shit. <laughs> Write that down, Brian. First one of the day early on. Um, the, the, the part Izzy and Harrison, like, he's talking about he's just numb to people around him getting shot. Like, to me, yeah. and I think that I think that all of us who – have like any sort of understanding like no that that shouldn't surprise us right because poverty is awful and there are some places in this country that that's the life that people live and even though that we can understand that that's something that happens when you like somebody say it like that in the way that he told it it's still like you have to, i had to read it twice he's like I, my mom's been shot my dad's been shot his best friend was killed and it's like, oh, yeah. like, and he says, when I got the call and they say, you're, you're, I cannot pronounce his name, but your, your yeah. friend's been shot. He's like, I already knew what the result was because that's the life yeah. he's lived. You don't have to ask if he's dead because you already know. Um, that's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, and yeah, that was a pretty heartbreaking story that he told, uh, Ramik. you know, about I hope I'm saying his name right. Ramik. I don't want, yeah. I don't want him to go nameless. Um, right. And so. Yeah, that part of the story was fantastic, too, and just, you know, how close he was to a guy. And I thought the best part of it was how they became friends, is that, you know, he's dominating one side of the city uh, playground and his friend's dominating the other side. And then they get that little, you know, I don't want to call it a best of three, if you will, but they've been back-to-back, you know, matchups in the playground, and then all of a sudden they become the closest friends you could be. So, and then anytime you get to see more of these guys, more of their backgrounds and more of just their true selves, um, it's it's always eye opening and it's always interesting and beyond it's I mean hopefully he stays on the path where he's you know a respectable slash very good NBA player so we get to see all this sort of really fulfillment come out from him because um and he deserves something right Harry yeah no I mean I I really I mean it was a kind of an eye opening article for me and I was kind of, I was when I was reading it I was kind of thinking like. You know, the fans get disappointed when these guys get hurt and they can't play. But for a guy who used basketball to, like, elevate himself and get out of that kind of rough circle, it's it's just interesting to think, like, when he's when he's sitting at home and, uh, you know, he can't play because he's hurt, like, that must be absolutely devastating because, um, you know, he, he had this rough life. He had, he had a rough start to his career, and he finally kind of found himself here in Miami. And then not being able to play all the time must have been um, – pretty rough for for Dion this season like yeah that was that was another one of the parts that was interesting um just to kind of get his perspective on that but even you know <laughs> uh 
good stuff about him and Kevin Durant and him, you know, asking who uh, won our last game. It was all really good. It was all really, really good. And I guess it also kind of, you know, I was thinking about back when, you know, they were in Cleveland, Kyrie and Deion Waiters, and all you ever heard about both of those guys was just terrible things. Oh, this guy can't be a leader. Oh, this guy's going to be a cancer. And now look at Kyrie Irving's a champion and one of the best point guards in the league. And um, Deion Waiters is finally getting his, at least starting to. Um, and we'll see what happens next year, wherever he is, what have you. But, um, yeah, it's just we paint guys a certain way early on in their careers, and it's hard to shake that label, and hopefully Dion can do so. You know, Izzy, and you say that, and when I was reading it, I, the only thing I can think of what Dion Waiters is, a is, and I think still, even though he had a good season, he is still a punchline. And I think if you ask a lot of casual fans, they'll call him a loser. When he is anything but a loser, like that's a great point. He's not I mean, a punchline. He's not a loser. Look where he came from. Look at everything, right. everything that he had to live through to to maintain any sort of mental stability after going through that. Your mother shot. Your best friend killed because you got an opportunity because you were a little taller. That you got to go to play basketball in boarding school. Like. Yep. I would imagine that there's survivor's remorse. Going, like, there's just so, like, he's anything but a punchline. He's just, like, we've just memed him. And it, it's crazy. Yeah. It humanizes him in this odd way. And not only that, but it kind of, you know, the, the part that he talks about where he hears everybody saying he has irrational confidence and everything else, and he says, of course I do. How else would I have made it if I didn't think, you know, if I'm playing in these streets acting as if I'm somewhat um, – uh, intimidated at all, or if I don't think I'm the best out there, and imagine having to continuously tell that to yourself while the rest of the country is mocking you, like while you see. Now, fortunately, he, like you said, he's not a big internet guy, um, <laughs> so he probably doesn't see it as much as everybody else does. But he knows of it, and yeah. So imagine that, like, test of your strength, you know, for whatever four or five straight years while he's in the league as a 19, 20, 21 year old, like. Those are all things to overcome, and, you know, you could beat yourself up over it. You could, or you could just, you know, sort of bathe in the money. If it's just a few million dollars here and there, you can just be happy with that and, you know, move on. But, you know, when you get these stories like this and you see the type of work that's put into it and the type of things that, you know, mentally, <laughs> it's really tough to overcome tragedies, man. Even just, like, personal issues at home and everything else and big life changes and that's all tough to do when you're doing it at 19, 20, 21. And then like he's in his mid twenties and only now sort of relishing in his hard, you know, or, or start rather is now sort of getting the, the payback from all the hard work. Um, then yeah, it's just, it just goes to show you how long he sort of fought this fight. I mean, could you imagine yeah. reaching the mountaintop without his friend? Without you know, like, oh, yeah. like I can't. Like he gets that, and and that contextualizes kind of the contract situation. Like, look where he came from. How how could you expect after you read that? How could you expect someone to take less money for winning? Like that kind of puts into perspective what these guys are playing for. Sometimes that knowing well, where the hell they though. came from, huh? I see it a little differently. I say if you've come this far after all these attempts. Well, I say all of these, like, I mean, OKC, Cleveland, what have you. Um, and these years of, of being mocked, um, then you recognize it's not about the money. And you recognize that you kind of have to uh, take advantage of the situation that you're in and make it as good a situation as possible um, or continue to make it as good a situation as possible. So I think 
you know, you can look at it both ways. I don't think he's the guy that's going to say, okay, let me go get paid and make that the destination because he still wants to be really, really, really good. He wants like, to yeah. be Kevin Durant. My takeaway was he's probably going to stay in Harrison. I'm pretty sure you're going to say the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I I thought kind of what uh, Izzy was saying was where he was when he's sitting with Pat Riley and Riley saying like we're gonna get you in world class shape, and Dion sitting there like wait I'm a, I'm a bas- I'm an NBA player I'm in good shape, but not realizing like what that means being in Miami, and just like what you know and he only had what 50 games here so you know what he did in that short time like Miami can really be a launching pad for Dion uh, he obviously has some flaws to his games but there are things that he can work on here and yeah I think he's gonna stay I'm not exactly sure what the contract's gonna look like ne- uh, this offseason but I think Dion's ready to stay it seems like seems like he's pretty happy in Miami I, my favorite part of the article was that his, his three-year-old son has a girlfriend in Miami <laughs> now so, so I mean South it's, Beach Fever yeah I mean it, it's you know it's, it is important that your family's your family's happy um where you are so I, you know I, I think it'll it'll be worked out but it was just I really enjoyed the article, and I like I like it from the players' perspective. the The players' tribune is doing a good job, obviously in that in that way. Is, is that ghost written? Do you know? I have no idea. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess he had some help with the structure of it's it. It's obviously copy but edited, the, but I don't or, know. Right, right. But with the storytelling part of it, and I'm pretty. It sounds like I mean, it feels like it. It was it was him, but I'm sure it was. You know, everything is heavily edited if you've never written before. <laughs> All right, we, we have so much to get to. All right, moving on to Pat Riley. We are we are leaving. We are taking the exit out of the Dion Waiter story, and I'm sure we'll come back to that with Barry. Now we're going to the Pat Riley story, which I found a different kind of sad, particularly um, when Riley talked about the relationship with his father and how he just made stuff up to build his dad into the man he wasn't. Like... What? Like, my God. Um, you know, what's funny is, like, I've had this conversation with friends before, um, rather recently, and, you know, it's about this whole idea of having uh, this sort of voice as your conscience, right? Like, who who do you hear when, you're, when, you, when you are asking advice of a random, you know, of anything, of just the world right like whose whose voice is in your head and a lot of a lot of guys in particular have their dad's voices in their head because they've had good dads good um experiences growing up and frankly whether good or bad like that's where you heard most of your advice from was from your father and therefore like you don't yeah it's kind of where you go it's your default place and like i don't have that personally like i you know well, mine is my, my producer didn't, <laughs> didn't really have a whole lot of uh great advice for me over the years coming up and so um, I don't have that, and I'm very jealous of people who do have that. And it feels like almost that uh, Pat Riley was creating what he thought should be, you know, the right uh, type of father figure in his life, even though he already knew, you know, that wasn't the case. But um, might as well just build that narrative, <laughs> and, but, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for the other people that, that are listening to you. What's and poetic? It's sad, like you said, in a way, but it's also – you know, it's it also humanizes Pat in a way that it says, "All right, well, you think of him as his godfather, this flawless guy who can convince anybody of anything." Well, he kind of spent a portion of his life convincing himself that his dad was somebody that he wasn't, and so, um, yeah, it's that part it was was touching, uh, but a lot of this was, and it's just it's funny how you can relate to different things, and he's going through different a phase in his life right now where it's like it's 
so hard for him to, to break free. It's so hard. Like that idea, you know, where he's like his wife, he'll say he's fine. And his wife will say, mm. like, you can, you can tell yourself as often as you want that you're okay. <laughs> like whether you're going through a, you know, a death in the family, a divorce, uh, you know, something severe uh, that's changing in your life, you can tell yourself you're fine. But you're not fine until you're fine. And you can read that whole story and tell that everybody listening to Pat knows he's not fine. He's broken. Knows he hasn't let go of this competitive uh, virus <laughs> that he has. And, yeah, and so it's it's funny to see him sort of it's going through stages. And I bet you if Ryan Thompson writes this story – you know, five years from now, we'll see a guy in Pat Riley who's like maybe 60, 70% toward that place that he wants to be. But right now, just reading that, you're like, oh, he's just started. Like this separation thing is, like, in the last line is fantastic. Um, where he basically said, uh, hang on, I'm going to read this because this is too good of a line to just paraphrase. He said, uh, Take your time. From Pat Riley. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. I've got it right here. I'm just trying to see where to start. That's fine. <laughs> it says, sitting on a stool, Riley tells a story about the Native American chief. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Is that Tecumseh? Izzy, you're being Westbrook and, right now. You're being Westbrook, and you're turning the ball I, uh, over. I, uh, but that's okay. That's okay, because I'm MVP. And about <laughs> an old of red horse who broke his leg in the home stretch and got a bullet in the head instead of a garland of roses. Finished with this martini. Riley orders one more before heading home to dinner, planning his device to to the team he's grown to love. The simplicity of tomorrow clarifies him. He smiles. In the late afternoon, happy hour glow, he sees himself clearly, not as he wants to be, but as he is. No roses for him, just a long stretch of track and a bullet with his name on it. One day, when he can't run anymore. Quote, you know the greatest lie in the world, he says, starting to laugh? Pat's retiring to Malibu. Like, he's not... <laughs> he's not ready to leave this anytime soon, even though he's in his 70s, which is crazy. Izzy, if, if Westbrook had done the equivalent of you talked for like five straight minutes, if Westbrook did the same thing, because like you were you were go, you were doing amazing, right? You were hitting some threes, you got a steal, you got a fast break layup, you had yeah. brought you had brought the show in. We're we're going great, and then you start fumbling the ball, you turn it over, you, you dribble it off your foot. How would you? How, <laughs> yeah, it was I equivalent. Say I, stole it was, it. I would say I stole it back. And, uh, hit, uh, you got it though. You got it. You were yeah. able to inbound it without a five second violation. <laughs> so we go. Whatever. I got the line out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made it. Harry, did you want to? Did you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was a it was a really long article. I read the I read the whole thing. What was long I, I the article that, uh, or Izzy's I, uh, or Izzy's soliloquy? Oh, the no, I, that was a good line, and it, it's just interesting because the article is saying that. Riley had thought about re- retiring after the Heat won back to back, but but I have no idea how you would have uh, how you would have walked away at that time. You know, it's always in hindsight it seems fine. Oh yeah, sure, you go out on top of the world, but that's really hard to do for these people that are like uber competitive. Um, and I thought the thing that was interesting was I remember the part where Riley uh, he got really nervous before that he played the championship game against. Um, Texas Western back when yep. he was in college and he had his high school coach like come and help him out because he had sores Seriously. on his feet. Yeah. Tell me the uh, coach is doing that today. You want to talk about these, these uh, players? Ty Lu because he has to. Tell, tell me the coach who's <laughs> rubbing his college players' feet overnight or soaking his yeah. feet overnight. All right. That's that's next level stuff right there. Yeah. So clearly, that's, that's clearly Brad Stevens. I mean, uh, Brad Stevens, though. No. 
No. Do you want to make fun but, of Brad Stevens, uh, Izzy? Are you into making fun of Brad Stevens? Do you want to make fun of Brad nah, Stevens? Nah, Brad no? Stevens is a good dude. I like him a lot. Oh, that's right. You're corporate now. <laughs> you're not, see, if you, were, if you were as Miami as you used to be, you'd be down for making fun of Brad Stevens. Oh, that hurts too, though. Ouch. What is he, two, three and Ouch. ten? or four? What is he now, four and ten? Is he four? Yeah, yeah four and ten. It was two ten. and ten. They went two and ten. Ever since we polished our pod. Yeah, ever since we made fun there's, of Brad Stevens' reason. record. There's a reason. Those are all explainable losses. Most Jeez. of them. Oh my God, Izzy. I know you got to run. Thank you for being on. Thank you for making some time for us. We appreciate it. No problem. I can talk for another five minutes on Pat Riley if you want. Let me just start here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you want to? You want to read the entire story for the rest of the pod if you have time. <laughs> Well, for those who get fatigued and don't want to read it all the way through to the end, now you know what the last graph or two look like. Okay, so, or sound is. like. You don't have to finish, but you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, man. All right, guys. Hey, thank you, everybody. Right. Have a good night. Okay. So, okay. Th- you know what? I'm so thankful for Wright Thompson and for Dion Waiters for writing that. That was uh, that was very good of them. Um on the same day? Yeah, on the same day. Man, Izzy. Oof, the Izzy, Izzy, Izzy listen, I love Izzy. Izzy's a friend of the show. I think Izzy's brilliant. Izzy rambled. I think it's fine. I think you guys, I know you like short, concise things. Sometimes it's okay. If he's on a roll, let him no, go. No, he was on a roll, dude. It, you know what it reminded me of? When well, we had Ethan on, uh, when Ethan just hijacked the show. Do you remember? Yeah, Dude, of it was like free agency time, and Ethan, Ethan had just done a radio show. Ethan was driving from the radio studio to his house, and, um, and then he just came on the show and... And just completely dominated. I have no idea how he did that interview. Who is uh, Ethan? Ethan. I don't. I, I don't even know if those tanner did he use like Bluetooth. Jesus, it was. Great. I think you're just, he was probably just in radio mode, you know, and he didn't turn it off because he knew he was coming on the pot. So, you know, the moment he hung up the phone, he was just like, "All right, I'm good. I can like go home now." But yeah, when you're in the zone, you just go. Just go, man. That's, yeah, Izzy was in that rust zone. I mean, he turned he turned the ball over a bunch, but you know he's still there. I love Izzy, man. I appreciate it. I don't want I don't want people to think that we're we're just ragging on him. Um, yeah, and we shouldn't compare him to Russ because Izzy's so much better than Russ. No, he's MVP though, as as Izzy said. He's, he's MVP. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Harry, when is uh, when's... Derek Derek Rose MVP? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Say that to his face. I would. I'm not afraid of Westbrook. <laughs> um, what what time is Barry supposed to come on? Ten fifty eight fifteen. Uh, I said eight ten, but we can do whatever. It doesn't really matter. Okay, well you you work on that. Actually, no, it will eight ten. We'll wait till eight ten. We have ten more. You, you want me to just ask him at eight ten if he's good? Yeah, eight ten. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're short staff today, so you you know it's just you, me, Harry. Um, Brian, what was your favorite? We didn't ask you. What was your favorite part of the Dion interview? Of the favorite Dion part of Dion interview was Google me. <laughs> Google me. We need to make that a meme, man. We need- put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Let's go. We will. We will. Jack had a great idea. He said to get um get the pose of him no, making no, no, the game. No, no. We, can't, we can't let our competitors know what we're thinking, Brian. Okay. Can't let the competitor. Uh, well, what about the Riley story? What was your favorite part of that? I think the LeBron part, just how he brought the championship trophies with him. Oh my god! In the LeBron oh part, yeah, when he talked about the volume was on during the World Cup game. The volume was on. He's like he had to ask LeBron to mute the television. I yeah, I, I, is- I cannot no I don't believe that's true. I cannot believe Levitard that's true. Levitard reported that. Huh? Levitard said that on the show. I can't believe that though, man. I can. I, no, listen, dude, I, dude, there's there's a like, dude. That's just so blatantly bleep you that I yeah, can't but believe that's... that he did that. I can't. 
That's what it was. What what about the Wade story where where Wade's agent is saying like, no, we don't want to, we we don't want to talk to Pat. We're going above his head. And then Wade's mad that he never heard from Pat. It's like, yo, he obviously there was some. He was respecting your wishes, and you obviously didn't articulate your wishes well to your agent. Or yeah, yeah I'm just not sure what that, happened. That whole like both those situations. It's so much he said, she said. But like, I look at the, the Dwayne thing. I can't help but think that's miscommunication, right? That Dwayne's agent took it upon himself to do that, and that was not really communicated to Dwayne. But I don't understand how grown, grown adults in the professional world how this happens. Like something, something is not adding up in that story. No, I mean, listen, grown adults are just big kids. I mean, they make the same mistakes that we made it when we made when you were younger. So, I mean, just because they're older and and supposedly wiser, it doesn't mean that they do everything right. I think. Like when LeBron left, you, you, we all know that Riley was devastated. He's now said that a few times. It seems like he's kind of forgiven LeBron a little. Like he, you know, he thought he was building a dynasty where he kind of understands that LeBron went back to, you know, if LeBron had signed another long-term contract with the Heat, it would have taken him out of his prime. And if LeBron wants to go back to Cleveland and win in his prime, that's kind of the that was the time to do it. But he was right. The, 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 he was right in leaving. I think we can say that, right? Well, I think last year validated what what he wanted to do, right? I mean, it's not. I think he could have won. I think he could win more in Miami. I think we could have built a better team around him. The Bosch thing is kind of you know it's terrible, but um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting now because if you would have had Bosch on the books for two years, you would have been in a pretty similar situation. I mean, I mean, you obviously Ky- still Ky- could. Kyrie Irving is really good, and Kevin Love is really good, and. I- David Griffin has done. I know we make fun of them, but I mean, th- he made the right choice. I-, I don't think, I don't think Miami can argue that he didn't. Like clearly, he made the right choice, and clearly, he's still like incredibly great. Like he's not. This is one of his best seasons. He shot like fifty five percent. One of, I mean, he's incredible well, this year. Well, I-, I think you're asking two different things. Like, um, did he make the right? basketball choice i think you'd have to say definitely like with especially with bosh happening like there's well, no we laugh no but but we remember like when he said he left for basketball reasons we were all like no you didn't no no but I, but i'm saying that like that makes sense now because of what happened to bosh i mean if bosh is healthy you're talking about a completely different team listen if bosh is healthy last year that that heat team probably challenges lebron's team in the finals like there's no guarantee that with a healthy bosh that heat team wouldn't have beaten toronto and given the cavs a ton of uh, a ton of trouble last season so you know it's hard to say that it would have been it would have happened the same way but with the bosh situation yeah he made he made the right choice and he made the right choice for himself because he want that's what he wanted to do. Like he wanted to win one for Cleveland, and like his legacy is different now because in Miami he was hated, and it looked like he joined up with his buddies to win. And now he went back home and won, even though he, even though he was with uh, great players there too. So, um, 26, it just hurts Riley's twenty six nine and nine. He averaged this year. No, no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. No, I know, I know. We're not. Greatness. No, I know. We're not questioning how good he is, but it's just like Jesus. I mean, I think it's crazy that he's basically like you could argue he's still in some form of his prime, which is, I mean, your prime is not supposed to be, you know, seven years or I mean, eight years. It's it's usually four or five years. It's not I mean, this prime, extended his prime greatness. Has been since two thousand four. I mean, he averaged 
27, 7, and 7. Yeah, but I, I like to think that... 47% you know, shooting, like, <laughs> come on. I mean, yeah, but Spo took him and maximized his game. Like, his years in Miami were his, like, just the most efficient years. And this year, he's finally gotten back to that that type of efficiency. Because last year, he was having a lot of trouble shooting the three. Um, Did you know he played and- career low minutes last season? He played what? Career low minutes per game. 35 minutes uh, per game. I did not know that. I just, I'm looking at his basketball reference page, and that surprises me. He played a Well, this year this year reminds me of um, the 2014 Heat year where, like, he was doing everything and everyone else got old around him. And they've still added some decent pieces. But, I mean, they're going to have trouble, you know, even if they make it to the finals – they're going to have trouble against the Warriors. The interesting thing is, you know, if the Warriors win, if if KD's gimpy or if Steve Kerr's got a back injury, like, what does that say about that team? It's it's more the system, right? I mean, it's not – it's hard to say it's like amazing coaching or they really needed KD. They didn't need KD. They needed KD not on the Thunder. That was a great meme. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, they, they they didn't necessarily, like, like, obviously KD shooting threes over Harrison Barnes is a huge upgrade, but they don't necessarily need that. They just didn't, need, they needed KD not on the Thunder because they're, they're, they're just going to go right to the finals. That, that team is not going to have any, how many games are they going to lose before they get to the finals? Um, Two? I don't know. It depends. I think, I think Utah could give them problems. Probably maybe Utah can win a game or two if Utah advances. Um, I do San- think, I do think Houston and San Antonio will, will push them. I don't think it's such a foregone conclusion that they're just going to sweep everybody, or even like is San, Ant- is San Antonio getting out of the Memphis series. I hope so. I think so. That's going to go seven. That series is so fun. Oh, we even barely talked about Fizdale. Dude, Fizdale's. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, that was a great rant, and it turned the whole se- this whole series around. It, but you know what sucks is that it apt like when the coach does the ref calling out. That was like I know uh, Mike Ryan was saying that on Levitar. That was like Vogel's move, and it always worked. Like that's something that always works, and it annoys me. Or that Jeremy Lin video. Did, didn't the fans make a video where somebody made a video about Jeremy Lin no calls, and then Jeremy Lin was you know Michael Jordan against us with foul calls? Mm-hmm. I said us. I hate myself. Ugh, you guys have rubbed off on me. You're welcome. I never call the Heat us. I call them them. Yeah. They're them. Oh my God, what is Russell Westbrook wearing? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, he just came on, and it was some sort of top hat with the Jesus piece, his shirt all open. It was some sort of cloth that you'd look like you would find on a timeshare couch. Well, I mean, the the Jesus motif makes sense. He's probably going to be uh, the sacrificial goat tonight. So, huh. Jesus piece. All right, Harrison, work on work on getting us uh, Barry. Find out if Barry is ready for us. It's eight ten. Yeah. I just sent him a message. Okay, so, yeah. so you you keep you let us know on Barry, and uh, Jesus Westbrook, my God! I had a question for you guys since we were talking about LeBron. Because uh, did you guys read the excerpt from Brian Windhorst on his book? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> 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 was... Fair enough. What was the excerpt? Well, there were a couple of nuggets in that uh, his chapter where he talked about LeBron going back to Cleveland. Of course, and of, remember... course there'd be, of course, there'd be nuggets for Windhorst. <laughs> Jesus. Awesome. Sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. go sorry. But uh, basically, the two questions I had is because I know they were talking about how GMs were assuming that LeBron would stay in Miami if they had won that last championship in his last year. So they three-peated. Do you think that's true? One. And then two, do you think he would have signed a one-year deal even if they didn't win that championship that year? Do you think he should have? 
do I think he should have signed? Just said he said. Just said he shouldn't. He should have gone to Cleveland. That was the right choice, I think. Right? Like, you don't think he should have signed just a one-year deal? See what would have happened with Riley reconstructing the roster? No, because we saw really what was available that free agency, right? And like Pau Gasol wasn't going to be a difference maker, and without I mean, that Kevin Love trade in part happened because of Love's expiring contract and the fact that Wiggins Wiggins is was most valuable when he hadn't played a single NBA minute, right? So that that kind of helped move the wheels to everything that happened, grease the wheels. Uh, hey, yeah, that's do, that's do true. That? I mean, I, I'm I always thought LeBron was going like when I started realizing that it wasn't going in our favor. I, I think it was an escape that LeBron had planned for a while, regardless of if they oh had repeated or not. You people and conspiracy theories. No, no, no. I, I really think like two, I mean, when he's when two, two years in, when he was starting to say like, yeah, you know, he was, he was kind of saying he, he was thinking, thinking about going back to Cleveland, maybe to end his career. You kind of thought, you know, you didn't think anything of it because we were in the middle of winning two championships, but he, it was always on his on his mind, and I don't know, uh, Brian. I think I think he kind of lost a lot of faith in Wade at the end of 2014. I mean, they they never talk about that because they're such good friends. But I mean, he left because he didn't he didn't trust Wade to stay healthy anymore, and the opportunity to go back home and win there was better than staying in. I mean, he, that was even before the Bosch. John Harrison, so. you're absolutely right. He left because he's like, nah, dog. Kyrie, yo. yo. Yo, he looked at, I'm sure at the end of that game, he's looking at Wade in the locker room like ice in his old ass uh, knees. And uh, and he's just and he's just thinking, man, I don't, like, he's my best friend, but I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to win anymore. I and was, he's like, I got I to gotta get out of here. God. I got to go get some cupcakes in Cleveland. Do we have a... Uh... Remember the cupcake shop? Uh, I do. I do. Broke the news. I don't know. He's not. He's not. He's not responding. If that's what you're asking. Okay. Yeah. I'm asking for. Oh, we have misplaced Barry Jackson. Is Barry Jackson gonna sell us out for a third time? I, I he's just on seven ninety. I know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. He he told me at he told me at six it's good. I can. We can just we can just call. Can I just call him. See what happens. No. You have no. We have to not. I don't want to do. I don't want to shoot our it. shot. He said it. He said eight ten. I know, but just shoot like, our shot. Text him. Text him, Harrison. Text him. Text I don't want to do that. Why not? No. You make fun That's of me for not wanting to text Doris Burke. Text Barry Jackson. So you want me to send him a text? Like, so send him a ready? text say, hey, I'm trying to DM you. Are you ready to come on? This okay. is so on-air producing. This is fun. Well, we can, we're going to cut it out, right? No, we're not. Of course not. This is fun. This is, good. This is insider information. The welcome to welcome Dash audience. I haven't welcomed our Dash audience today. I'm going to be doing that for like another week. Uh, you can find us at MIA Heatbeat on Twitter. You can find me at GNavas103. You can find my producer at by Brian Goins, and you can find Harrison at at Hot Take Harry. So that's where you find us. Um, you can also go to HeatbeatMiami.com. We have not posted an article in a while, but we will have something this week. Uh, hopefully, and we will update it as the off season, as things go up. We break news sometimes. Um, we write uh, articles, analytics, all that stuff. Column, so check that out. Heatbeatmiami.com. Follow us at MI Heatbeat. Man, am I good infomercial or what? You're so great. You're how on. good am I? I'm so good at that. Yeah, we did. We did not get enough credit for nailing the Dion Waiters we injury. Not. We were so right, and he was rushing his ass back. It was. It was. It was amazing. We got. We had heat beat. We had. Um, Manny Navarro, Manny Navarro Anthony came out. Chang, with the puppet. We tweeted it. We have to tell Barry. Huh? 
Uh, we tweeted the Manny post. Oh, oh, he's in on that too. Yeah, he was in on it. Of oh, course, he's a staff. Yeah, no, this, we they're, was, they're the Illuminati. We were so right on the Dion news that Dion was rushing back. To we're play. woke. I'm surprised he wasn't. He didn't put put us on his story. Yeah, I know he should have. Uh, shout out to at MIHP. <laughs> Follow them on Thanks. Twitter at MIHP. Just six eight weeks. You could have just put that anywhere in the story. <laughs> no, but <laughs> honestly. You know what? You know what? The most interesting, um, like we were talking about it earlier with Izzy, but it was just—it's so interesting that we want these. We want these really like humble superstars. Like that's what people expect. No. Oh, he—he's—he's he's calling me right now. So should wow. I answer the phone okay, and then mute your mic, mute yourself? I'm gonna—I'm gonna do a show with Brian. Okay. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi, Brian. It's been a while since you and I have done a show together. We've never—we have not been on air together, just us two, in probably like two years. Dude, we should like we should just like do a back episode one day. Do you want to bring back our old sec? We want to do um, Gal Seam goes with everything or Brian's oh time my- to shine. Absolutely, just read parts of uh, Dion's story. I want to find a way to bring that back. Like we have to. I want to find a way to incorporate that music in a segment. Like just for like the OG ass listeners. Like you know, so like our British listener who's been with us since day one, or whoever the hell else has been with us for that long. Yeah. Ten goes, hour loop. It goes with everything. Okay. Uh Brian, will you will you call him? Okay, call yeah. He's ready for like we we got fifteen minutes. Okay. So. Dude, we should just have Barry on with a song in the background. <laughs> no. No, 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 don't do that. Harrison <laughs> has no idea what he's doing. Alright, Brian's gonna call. Brian's gonna go back to being a producer. Let me let me, let me turn that down. Yeah, kill the yeah. music. Okay, good job. Wow, you're competently producing today. I'm so proud of you. It's gonna end up being poor in the <laughs> He's going to end up messing up so bad. Like, Brian's had, like, a stellar show. Honestly, it's been, like, one of, you know, it's been his career. Don't, been don't even say it, man. Like, he's yeah, he's got a perfect game going. Don't ruin it. That's right. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. I cannot talk You're about it. Huh? You're a jinx. <laughs> Watch, he's going to hang up on Barry now. Mr. Barry Jackson? I'm here. How are you, sir? Everyone, welcome we're to, ready. Welcome to the Good. program. How are you? You have been, like, our elusive, our elusive guest. Ha. Well, it's good to be on with we you. We finally have you. Uh, this is Barry Jackson of the Palm Beach Post. Welcome to the program. Um, no, the Miami Herald. I'm sorry. Man. I'm so confused. You did that. I'm so no. bad. Why do I keep saying that? Miami Herald. Oh, my God. That's Anthony, not good. No, Anthony Chang has me confused because now, you know, ugh, it's that Chang guy. Right. Got to blame him. Ugh, it's all Funny. his fault. Um, <laughs> Barry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, we have we, – we were joking earlier in the show, like – the two stories that dropped today are the best thing to happen for Miami radio all year because it just it was just a fountain of content for us to talk about. And oh, with the Marlins sale. Oh, oh, you were talking strictly heat. I was talking strictly heat. We, we, Pat we, Riley at the end piece and the Dion Waiters yes. Players Tribune, I, I presume. Yes, both of those. And the Marlins piece, honestly. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I guess my, my I wanted to ask you what, what you took away from the Dion piece in terms of free, his free agency because it seems... I look at it in two ways. I look at it as somebody who came from that kind of environment that how in the world could you ask someone to turn down a payday knowing where they come from? But then my co-host Harrison and we had Israel Gutierrez on earlier saying how quite the opposite that knowing where he came from, he would value the stability that this organization provides. And I'm curious as to what you may think. Well, uh, Dion told me back uh, right around the time of the All-Star break that not only does he want to stay here, 
but he doesn't even want to go many days into her agency. He said he wants a quick answer, wants it resolved quickly, and wants to stay here. Now, all that being said, his agent, and he stuck with Rob Palenka's agency, even though Palenka left to uh, run the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm sure his agency will encourage him to do what any agent would, which is be, you know, which would be a test of the market, see what else is out there. And if there's a large disparity between an offer from another team and a Heat's offer, then, you know, there naturally would be a risk of him leaving. And I can say that even with the knowledge that all three of us know, which is that the Heat would like to keep him and that Dion would like to stay. But if the Heat's idea is an offer in the $11 million a year range and another team offers in the $18 million a year range, again, those are just hypothetical numbers, you know, then, you know, as much as Dion liked it here, he would have to consider the higher offer. So that's why I don't think any of us can say with certainty that he's going to be back. Does it seem more likely than not? Yes. But I would not say that it's anything higher than, you know, 60%, 65%, just because you never know what another team is going to offer. Barry. And no, Harrison. Go. Sorry. And Barry, what were you thinking when, you know, in the after the season ended, they were talking to Dion and, I mean, Dion and JJ sounded like they definitely wanted to stay here, but JJ Moore was like, "Yeah, maybe you know, we can sit in a room, we can we can talk about numbers, we can maybe work on bringing someone else in." Whereas when they asked Dion if he would maybe take less, he kind of gave you like, a, "Well, we'll have to see see what happens." I mean, is it, you you think he's someone who, if if there is that big jump, then he's probably going to take that offer, or will he settle? settle for less to stay where he's had his most successful season um, in Miami. I could see him taking a bit less. I couldn't see him taking substantially less. I mean, how many players do you see taking substantially less beyond Haslam, right? We all know the Haslam story for Denver and Dallas offered a lot more uh, five years ago. So I think, you know, it wouldn't be realistic to expect him to take five, six, seven million dollars a year less. But it was interesting that Riley set the stage for this by using the word fair. He said, we'll be fair with Dion and James. We hope that they're fair with us. I think that's uh, I think that's kind of telling. Uh, Barry, who values who more? Dion values the Heat more, or does the Heat value Dion more? I think probably it's a mutual thing, uh, because uh, Dion has to know that the Heat is self-transforming into a pretty good NBA shooting guard. You know, uh, I wouldn't say great yet. Some nights he was very good. Other nights he was pretty good, and I think he certainly values that, and he values that he pushed him into becoming, as Riley would say, a world-class athlete. Now, from the Heat standpoint, they value him in the sense that the other options at shooting guard are pretty limited. I don't know that they're ready to commit to Josh Richardson as a starting two, even though he played well in that role in the final couple weeks of the season. And beyond that, the options are largely unappealing at shooting guard and free agency. You've got Tony Allen, obviously in the later stages of his career. J.J. Redick, same could be said for him. Kyle Korver, another guy, you know, in the back end of his career. Uh, Wade, with the postseason success so far for the Bulls, at least, you know, two two series through four games. I don't know that he'd be inclined to opt out of $23 million, and even if he did, the Heat wouldn't offer him anything close to that. So I think the Heat realizes he's probably the best available option shooting guard, and they, they undoubtedly want to keep him. This all comes down to whether they can agree on an amount the Heat is comfortable with. I don't know what that amount will be, but it would be hard for me to conceive the Heat, you know, going to the sixteen, seventeen million a year range. I feel uh, like with him, Barry, and I don't, I can't remember a time that something like this has happened where you have two guys and Dion and James Johnson. And honestly, 
I don't think anybody has a remote idea of what they're going to get offered, partly because of the market. And usually when the Heat are trying to keep or sign guys, you have an idea. It's usually a mid-level guy or you know that you're going to max him. Like Hassan, we all knew it was going to be a max when LeBron and, and Dwayne and, and Chris, like, and, and for anything, like we all kind of always have an idea going in. But with Dion and JJ, it's like there's so much uncertainty that it's it's a little, it's kind of new to me at least. Right. Right. I agree with that. Sure. And with James, you know, it's very easy to see someone potentially offering him 16 or 17 million a year just because we saw that last year with Evan Turner. And James Johnson proved to be the better player this year. Uh, I would say the Heat would probably be looking at something, you know, north of 10 million for each, but not substantially more. And that's just my speculation. That's nothing that I've been told. Do you think that they're uh, hurt? But I do know. What? No, continue. I'm so sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, I, I believe the Heat would obviously like to keep both. That's pretty clear to everyone. But I think they'd like to do it and still have the ability to have flexibility beyond that to add another player. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at $38 million in space, not counting Wayne Ellington's $6.4 million, which doesn't become guaranteed until the day after the moratorium ends. And so if you're able to somehow get Waiters and Johnson for a combined $24 million, which I think is underestimating what they'll get, yeah then that leaves you with about $14 million to use on another free agent from what is generally a weak class. Uh, my sense is that Johnson and Waiters will end up consuming more of their cap space than that, than $24 million. I think they're going to end up consuming closer to $30 million. So if that's the case, then you've got $8 million left to either give to, you know, Ellington and Willie Reed or a player from outside, you know, be it Rudy Gay if he opts out. And if he's willing to take a below market deal to play in Miami, which appeals to him. Keep so, him away, Barry. Barry, keep him away. Oh, keep Rudy Gay away. Please, no. We already have uh, him. Well, Listen, Dion, a shooter. Dion worked out, but they're not all going to work out. Right. Oh, right. God. Right. Don't scare us. Yeah, every, every team that every team with, that Rudy Gay leaves does better. So, Barry, you're right. during the summer, scared every Heat fan alive. Yes. Well, you know, he obviously had the Achilles, and he might not opt out. I mean, he's due $15 million next season. Yeah, he hasn't I said do. if he's opting out. But I do know he likes Miami. Who doesn't? So that certainly can't be <laughs> discounted if he does opt out. I think you can discount likely Gallinari. I don't see the Heat, you know, having the space to afford him, uh, especially, obviously, if they keep Johnson waiters. So they most certainly wouldn't have the space for him. Barry, did, real- did you – no, go Harrison. Go. I, I keep Barry. Did you see? Did you feel like Riley's end of year press conference when he, you know, he re, he said he regretted saying things about the whales? Uh, did you think yes. like? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, and do you think like he? I mean, it's basically like the Heat are not going to be big players in free agency with the new CBA. They're probably going to try to trade for guys if if they come available and the and the offer seems to be there. It, it seems like the free agency is going to be tough with the with the prices and the interests of these guys around the, around the league. Yeah, I think so too, especially because you're looking at first year max salaries that are just so much higher than past years. You know, look at Gordon Hayward, his first year max would be 31 and giving him that would make it impossible to keep either Johnson or waiters unless you just trim other players, you know, be it Winslow or, or several others to give you at least space to sign one of the two. So that's the difficulty with landing, one of the few max players in this free agent class. Barry, when if in Wright Thompson's Riley piece, did the I don't want to say caricature of Riley, but the how he was presented, did that surprise you? Like 
he came off to me as very broken in the piece. And I can't say it was shocking, but it was surprising. I don't think he came off as broken, at least from my perception. I just think he came off as, you know, a multi-layered, nuanced person, which we all know him to be. You know, he's a fascinating, compelling figure. And I think certainly there are emotional uh, ties to Malibu, to California, that pull at him, you know, during certain moments. But all we can judge him on is, A, the track record, which has been largely impeccable, and B, the fact that even though he does have California and the Pacific Ocean pulling at him, emotionally, he is stuck by Mickey Harrison. He's continued in this job, and he hasn't done what Phil Jackson has done, which is trying to do the job from 3,000 miles away. So you have to credit Riley for <laughs> continuing on in Miami as his base. He is you know, the not succumbing. Right, and not succumbing to any desire to go back to, uh, to California just yet. Barry, we've done a very serious interview. We are not the serious podcast. Do you have anything funny from practice? Any funny stories from players? Can you, can you make us laugh, make our audience laugh with, with, something, with some levity? It's been very sportsy. Let's see. Well, one of the more amusing stories of the past year was there was an animated discussion in the heat locker room about what is Linguini? Josh Richardson was not sure what Linguini was. Oh, no. Wife, but how can you not know? It's hot. So that was, that was one of the more amusing moments. Hassan Josh was, was telling him what Linguini was? Yes. Of all yeah, and Josh is a bright kid. You know, no. he just hasn't been exposed to Linguini in Knoxville. So oh my that God. was one of the more amusing moments. But, uh, but guys, it should be an interesting offseason. I think, you know, we all now know that priority is keeping waiters and johnson but at the same time riley's open to trades uh i don't think they have enough to get paul george i think even if they did it would be a risk because from all indications paul george is enamored with the lakers uh, i don't think they have enough pieces to get jimmy butler even if the bulls made him available and i do not see that he's pursuing carmelo so uh, really it's going to be difficult to, i yeah I, I do not it's going to be difficult to upgrade the roster significantly but if you hit on 14, right, if you land at 14 in the draft, if Winslow uh, becomes a player that they think he can, then maybe he can take a jump, you know, into the fourth uh, seed range, you know, because I think the way they played in the second half, clearly this should be a playoff team even if you added nobody next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the question is can you become a second-round caliber team? And I know and you got to go, Barry. So on your way out, do you think Miami's going to have a chance at Gordon Hayward? Uh, well, uh, I'm not even sure that's something that they're ultimately going to pursue heavily if it means $31 million max salary. I'm sure there'll be a meeting, but I, I, to me it's difficult to envision that he's giving him that contract knowing that it would leave no money for Johnson and Waiters. We'll see how it plays out, but my first instinct is he's not going to So they valued yet. Johnson and Waiters that much that they would pass up on a guy who could potentially be a superstar. Well, do you see any indication that Gordon Hayward's a superstar? I think I think he's one of the most versatile threes slash fours in the league, and I do think he's the kind of player that Spolster likes who can play small ball four and play at the three. He's an elite defender. He can shoot the ball. He can handle. That's like to me that that's like Spolster's dream, right? Like that's the kind of guy he wants to use. So I I'm very high well, on him. Question but is, is he worth thirty one million? As an I, I think so, just because of. That's gonna be that's gonna be the the asking price for anybody in his class. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we will see how it plays out. 
Thank you so much, Barry, for Gentlemen, joining us. Gentlemen, I enjoyed it. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Barry. Good guest, stuff. Barry Jackson of the Palm Beach Post. <laughs> That's the, Miami the, Herald. The, my no, it's the Miami Herald. Oh, my gosh. Do you think he found that? <laughs> no, but the last one was a joke. Yeah, but it was hard to tell because you just messed up so many times. I know, but he, he, knows, he knows. I think he knows that that was a joke because I laughed. Harrison, it's your job to text and make sure you know. Don't, yeah, let him know. Let him know that I'm joking. That we know he's with the Herald. Barry Jackson is an excellent reporter. I think he's 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 our he's our best reporter in South Florida. I think right now, right? Ethan had that crown, but Ethan's been out of the game this year, so Barry is now the credible information guy. But um, <laughs> Barry, no, Barry it was funny when, kind of, when he what. When uh, when he talked to me on the phone, he was he was like, "Oh, and, and this is going to be weird." I'm like, "Heat beat Barry. We've been talking for a while." <laughs> for a while but... <laughs> he seems, you know, what he sounds like. He sounds like your grandfather that gives you like really good advice. Was really sweet. He sounds like such a nice man. Well, he's just he's he's just plugged in, right? So I think like when you have all that information, like he was ready to do whatever. Like if you wanted to talk Marlins, he was ready. Even I know, though with yeah. the heat beat. He was like, yeah, we can talk about Jeb, we can talk about Jeter and gift baskets and whatever. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I saw a good tweet. Someone was like, yo, when Jeter owns a team, you're just going to get gift baskets to get to all the girls over 18. Jesus Christ. I'm not happy with Jeter. I don't want Jeter and Jeb to own the team. Get them away. I mean, I guess it's better better than Lori. Honestly, like, it's – if it happens, it'll it'll be good because – Jeb will run more of the financial stuff, and he could – I mean, they could really develop around that area, which is what they need. There's nothing around the stadium, you Hold know? On, there's Bull Bar, and they better not touch my precious Bull Bar. I'm sure Bull Bar's gone. No! That's probably that's I probably will the protest. I will chain myself to Bull Bar, like how, like, <laughs> like, those, like, you know, when you're trying to defend the trees, they'll tie me to Bull Bar in front of the bulldozer, and I will not move. Don't tread on me. The demolition crew moves because I will defend Bulbar to my last breath. My <laughs> beloved Bulbar. We should we should do a watch yeah. party there, and they don't have TVs in there, so we need to bring like little monitors. Live at the demolition? No, 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 no. Just like a watch party at Bulbar. If you haven't been to Bulbar, I suggest you go. It's by Marlins Park. Um, go after a Marlins game. Go before a Marlins game. Go whenever. And then ready. Then write a Yelp review after. Write a, yeah, just read read Yelp, read the Yelp reviews because they're very funny. Um, Yelp, yeah, Bulbar. How do we get into Bulbar? Oh, d- oh Marlins Park, yeah. If you go, what's up, Harrison? No, I was just, I don't even know if it's podcast worthy, but I, I don't know. It's probably not. I uh, did I tell you guys last night that I, I I had dinner with James and friends and I ruined his surprise for his girlfriend this weekend. Just wait, terrible. what? You what? You what? You ruined yeah, someone's surprise. I'm a- I had dinner with James and some, uh, James Perfetto and some friends last night, and I didn't know that it was surprise. It was a surprise that he was um, doing a Broadway show with his girlfriend. So I totally ruined it last night. Harrison, I know you ruined someone's surprise gift. Can you believe that? I felt like such a jerk. Jesus, you mean expensive tickets to uh? What's oh it yeah, 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 yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, he. I was gonna say your name. <laughs> hey, okay. Guys, listen. I don't often recommend movies. In fact, I've never recommended a movie on this podcast. I do recommend the 2016 smash hit, Your Name, directed by Mr. Makoto Shinkai. Uh Now, it is an anime movie. 
let's let's move on from that for a second. It was on the short list for Oscar nominations, and it would have been nominated if the Oscars weren't. A- you hung up on me on my own show. You little yep. punk Damn. ass mouth. Yeah, so for the audience that doesn't know, I'm talking about your name, and all of a sudden, I get dropped from the call. And I'm thinking, this little jackass Brian just hung up on me. And then he has to call me back. Producer, man. He's like, yeah. Yo, the, the best part was Brian's face. Like, he knew he had done well. Yeah, he was just sitting there all, Bravo, like, Brian. happy that he had dropped the call. Brian, that was, like, that was your strikeout to end your perfect game. No, it just extended it. I mean, we, 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 we didn't, we didn't, we didn't score any runs for him, so we're going into the extra innings. We, we have four minutes. I just left. stole home run. No, I jumped up the wall. And I stole home run. So we still got this perfect game going. Okay, we have this perfect game going. So Westbrook, right now, I'm, I'm watching the Thunder game, and Westbrook is doing the Israel Gutierrez, has the ball at the top of the key, not allowing anyone else to get near him, and then chucks up a bad three and misses. But you guys, you guys know, like I, I realize I'm in the minority here, but Billy Donovan is a horrible basketball coach, and the fact that he has not like reined in Westbrook at all and tried to like, you know, have that team pass the ball more is a big reason why they stink when Westbrook goes close, to the bench. Man. They've been they've been close in these games, like okay, because because Westbrook's talent is there, but like when he sits and the, what, what were they they were like up by 14 he went to the bench and they got outscored by 18 but hold on that's not all his fault like if he's not he's not a defensive stopper you know what i mean no no but what i'm saying is listen it, basketball is obviously a team game so and guys need rest so when the best player goes to the bench your team shouldn't fall apart like you but should have I, a, and and they have talent i mean it's hard to argue that um it's hard to argue that a team with Oladipo and Adams and Gibson. Don't like say Gibson, not- dude. Is Taj Gibson not good? No, it's Taj Gibson. Who cares? He's just a guy. There's a million Taj Gibsons in the in the NBA. Everybody has a Taj Gibson. No, I don't agree with that. Everyone has a Taj Gibson. You guys really struggled when Russell went to the bench. You were out yeah. there for part of that. What goes on when he goes to the bench? Why is Houston so successful? And, and do you sense that, that they sort of get an energy boost just from him going out of the game? Hold on, Steven. <clears throat> I don't want nobody to try to split us up. We all one team. Regardless, if I go to the bench, if Steven's on the floor, if I'm off the floor, we in this together. Don't split us up. Don't try to split us up. Don't try to make us go against each other. Try to make against Russell and the rest of the guys, Russell against Houston. I don't. I don't want to hear that. We in this together. We playing as a team, and that's all that matters. That's it. Yeah, Russell. I'm not trying to split. Yeah, but twice in three games, you guys have not played well at all. When you've gone to the bench, that's fine. We, and say, I'm just say, trying to figure out what's going say, on. Russell, you ain't played well at all. Say, mm-hmm. Russell, the team is haven't played well. Don't say when Russell goes out, the team don't play well. It don't matter. We in this together. That may that may be Russell, but I asked Stephen a question, well, and it's, it's a legitimate. Me and you. Next question. It's a legitimate question. Next question. Yeah, Harrison. I just what well, do you think it's hard it's hard to take that guy seriously with this accent, right? I feel like Russell is gonna cut him off whatever he said. I wanted to make so many jokes, but I don't want to be mean. No, but I mean He sounds I mean, like he advertises I'm, barbecue sauce. Yes! Yo, I was just gonna say he sounded like JR from Wrestling who has his own barbecue sauce. He totally has his own barbecue. He's he's, he's a just spokes, he's the spokesperson for Masterpiece. Next question. Yeah, he's just like he's just like uh, he's just like 
Russell, why not shoot for Stephen? And it, it wasn't answered. Just, and I don't understand. If Stephen wants to say he still hasn't said anything, if he wants to say I don't want to answer that, fine. Yeah. But, I mean, it, Russ, it's fine. Russ, it's fine if you don't like my barbecue sauce. But Stephen liked my barbecue sauce, and I want to know why you don't like my barbecue sauce. That's my best attempt. At that was really sense. good. I was just like, "Whoa, Harrison, that was <laughs> nice." I mean, that's that's what it. That's what it. I mean, that's what that he sounds like. Where'd you summon that from? Like I have a couple. I have a. I have a couple accents I can do, but that's it. What else you got? It's uh, it's not going to be that exciting. Okay then. I was gonna say, is it offensive? <laughs> no, I do a good Scooby Doo. I mean, it's okay, just yeah, like... you're right. No, you're right. Is that yeah. the only accent that we can do that is okay? Like, is that like we can only caricature that kind of accent without it being racist, right? Well, it's it's hard to like if you're doing a Southern person, you're usually talking about a white guy, so that's hard to be offensive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Other that's the you're only, talking about that's the only thing we can religions. make fun of, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Like, e- even though I'm Hispanic, I-, I feel like it's it's not right if I yeah. do a caricature of a Hispanic uh, yeah. accent. Yeah, that's, that's probably bad. Yeah, right? like a like a like a papi chulo or something like that. Like, that I make fun of the way my dad speaks, but he's my dad. But he's he's your father. Yeah, yeah. that's different. Yeah, I can't uh, no, the southern. The problem is the southern accent can be can be nice, but it's it's just he sounded like. Uh, come on, Russ! Like, just just tell us what we want to hear. Are those the voices that you hear during your clan meetings? Hey, hey, it's Flo. And you know what word I've never understood? Top hat. Aren't all hats on top? They're like the toppest part of every outfit. Unless I've been doing it wrong. That's why I stick with simple words like flotection. It means the sense of security you'll feel when your new home is protected by home insurance through me and Progressive. Also, there shouldn't be a top hat unless there's a bottom hat. Wait, is that what underwear is? Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 